Welcome to the Sober Podcast, part of the Soberverse, created by the team at the Sober Network. The Sober Network has engaged in revolutionizing the treatment industry by creating its own token economy. We offer fresh ideas to an industry that has relied on dated interventions. We are responsive to a new generation of substance users who are attached to their phones so we can impact massive social change. Our unmatched technology displays solutions of our various brands, demonstrating a thorough understanding of how we get things done. We are proving that technology, along with incentivized human accountability, provides measurable and positive outcomes. Visit us at SoberNetwork.com. Welcome to the Sober Podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Brickhouse. And our Sober Leverty guest today is Andrew Prasad. He is a director of admissions at Palm Beach Recovery Centers, and he is here to share his experience working in addiction treatment. So today's topic, uh, because of our guest, is how I help others uh, working in addiction treatment. Thank you for joining us on Sober Podcast, Andrew. I'm excited to have you on the show. I'm really excited to be here doing this with you. And thank you so much for having me, Jamie. Cool. Can you um, briefly explain what you do for Palm Beach Recovery Centers? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So first and foremost, uh, it it all starts uh, with my job is to be as helpful as possible, no no matter what the situation is. Mm -hmm. Um, I just want to bring as much love and compassion as I can to, to my job. And as much love and compassion as I can, not just to the people that I work with, but to the entire world. Um, but to define it just a, a little bit more for you, um, yeah. my, my job would be uh, to help people see their truth and walk into their purpose. That's what my job is. That's beautiful. Um, I have a, uh, a lot of respect um, for the work you do. Having uh, uh, I went to... Um, not Palm Beach, but Palm Springs. Um, I went to uh, 30, 60 days um, rehab there. And um, and even though I, I, it took me two years after that to finally, to, to finally uh, get completely sober. Um, but that, um, those 60 days were a huge part of my recovery. And, and I'll never forget uh, the yeah. other people who were there with me, as well as the people who work there, and and particularly my my case therapist, um, who uh, really got me and understood me. So, um, I I think you're 
anyone working in that industry is a huge hero. How has your work affected your own sobriety? So it, it's it's really interesting, right? Um, and I've been asked this question a lot, and a lot of people that work in recovery and work in treatment, they they people there there's this saying: don't mix your your job with your recovery, or don't get confused and believe mm-hmm. that your job is recovery. So after a, a period of time, um, because my recovery, um, the the program that I work. Right. Uh, that that's really my life. And I bring it into everything that I do. Um, so how does it affect my recovery? It's it's helped me immensely. There's a lot of challenges when you work in addiction and you're gonna deal with a lot of sick people, you're gonna deal with a lot of uh a different personalities to say, you're gonna deal with yeah. a lot of different <laughs> egos and pride, right? And it's usually it's me most of the time. Um, but how it's affected, it's challenged me. And I and I look at these challenges as a student of life. Um, yeah. I look at these challenges as a way that I can work on myself and I'm going to say work on my recovery. Um, but I'm, I'm also going to use different words for that. Um, a way for me to learn more about myself, get out of the way. So, so I can let my higher, my higher power do its job. That's great. It's helping a lot. How, how, um, what were you doing? Um, uh, or how long were you sober before you got into, um, this, uh, this line of work? Dude, I, Jamie, I love that question um, because you're going to be really shocked with this one. And I'm going to just touch on my story. You you mentioned that you went to treatment and it yeah, took you another two years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you said it You said it took you a, uh, another two years. So the owner of Palm Beach Recovery Centers, I was actually in Halfway with him back in 2014. And mm-hmm. he saw me um, do the same thing, go in and out of different treatment centers, um, try every every single which way to get sober. And I was four months sober. Um, I, I went to him and I said, I really want to work with you. My intentions were not to be as helpful as possible and uh, <laughs> to spread a good message, right? I was like, I want to work with you, right? Uh-huh. I was just like, I want to work with you and I want to work at your facility. And <laughs> I was four months sober. He took a chance on me. And I tell you where a lot of the lessons um, come in are with conversations with other men. I strive to be that man today, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but a, a lot of the lessons that come in in uh, in recovery and the program that people work is I'm having this issue. I feel this way. I'm riddled with fear. I'm pissed off. And then a conversation with a man that's been through the same thing. Um, ended up being four months into close to two years now. I, I have two years sober uh, next month on the 10th. Wow, congratulations. And Thank actually you so that much. leads in, into, you started answering my next question, but I'd like to dig a little bit deeper there. Um, are there specific practices you've learned in sobriety that help you do your day job today and vice versa? Absolutely. Um, so th- this is this is the biggest one. Um, when I'm upset, right? It's, uh, and, and trust me, when you work in uh, addiction, <laughs> everybody's going <laughs> to piss you off. <laughs> Nobody's going to make your life easier. Right? Um, but, but it's, <laughs> no one's going to behave the way you want them to, are they? <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the, the biggest thing I learned was to look at people with compassion and love to, to look at them, um, through a uh, different lens, a different perspective. Um, I, I do my best to realize that I was in the exact same situation, usually worse off than everybody that I'm dealing with. And then you take the the treatment center out of the picture and you take 
um, people in addiction out of the picture. Um, when I wasn't working in recovery, when I was working in a restaurant, um, mm -hmm. I, I look at my boss and I'm able to look at him with a little bit more compassion and love and a different lens. And I got that. I got that just being around good guys, you know, just different perspectives. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Um, on a personal note, did you go to, um, so, so you did go through, um, uh, treatment centers, uh, on, on your own sober journey and, yeah. uh, what, what line of work were you in, um, you know, before you got sober? So I was, uh, realistically a jack of all trades. Mm -hmm. I've, I've been in sales before I've been in financial sales. I've bus tables, I've waited tables, um, I've worked at, um, here in South Florida, the, the best times I've ever had, as far as my career goes, has been working in treatment and just with working with other men, um, ju just being able to, to help as many people as possible. But that's a big part of my story. Having a, yeah, having my ego and pride dictate where I was going to work and who I hung out with. Right. Do you, did you take, do you take any, are there any lessons that you had from those? from those um other jobs um that you bring into because i and i'm kind of making a joke but maybe it's a little true are you able because you know uh um active um alcoholics and addicts um are often can be scammers and liars um uh and, and i'm just wondering if you you're able to cut through the bullshit through the work that you did yeah so the, there's um two there's two big lessons that that i got from working there um the first one being don't don't tiptoe around uh, certain people's truth. If you mm -hmm. need to say something, say it and say it as direct as possible. The the second big lesson that I got out of working at those places is that when you're not bringing value to the world, when you're not trying your best to be in your purpose, when your actions don't align with your conscience, it will eat you alive. And that's probably the most important lesson that I got out of that because I wanted to stay sober so badly. Yeah. I wanted to stay sober so badly and I couldn't figure out why. And I was basically a man that I was not intended to be. I was doing things against my morals. I was doing things against my, my conscience. I was doing things against my constitution and try telling me that I'm making good money. I want to keep doing this. Right. Um, right. So the biggest lesson I got was my actions have to align with my conscience. Well, that's a huge lesson, huge lesson. And we're going to take a quick break because uh, this is a great time to stop and thanks, say thanks to our sponsor, Stephanie Weiss. She's a certified health and recovery coach based locally in Connecticut and offering virtual services nationwide. If you would like more information, uh, please reach out to info at sobernetwork.com. That's I-N-F-O at S-O-B-E-R. N-E-T-W-O-R-K dot com. Uh, now let's get back to talking to Andrew. Um, can you, uh, what, what was the, what's the hardest um, thing that you've gone through since you've been sober and how you, how did you get through it? Hmm. Great question. Um, so I'm, uh, I guess I, I was I was I was gonna start this sentence with you're gonna make me uh, a little bit vulnerable as I talk about this, but it, it's something that everybody goes through, and 
it, it's it's the breakups. It's mm. being in a relationship and mm-hmm. that relationship uh, leaving. And um, so one of the common themes in my uh, in my life was three to six months sober, maybe a little bit less than six months sober. Girl leaves me and I get high. Uh, yeah. Girl leaves me and I drink. And I remember uh, this time around, right at uh, right before my one year mark, and I don't I don't know if you want to call it just pure dumb luck or um, the grace of God. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess it depends on what you want to call it. But when she left me, I went to the detox um, every single night, and it wasn't that um, it wasn't that I had nowhere else to go. It was just that I learned that if I constantly think about myself and stay in that state of listening to sad country music or sad songs, <laughs> that, that I eventually was going to need relief from it. And I was taught another way. I, I was taught to go be around other people and bring value to them. And I believe that that saved my life. And it doesn't sound like this, this, um, this huge obstacle to overcome. Um, Mm -hmm. in sobriety, but for whatever reason, I've had things that people would think are a lot bigger than that, but that's the one that tore me up the most. And that's the one I'm most proud about. That's wonderful. And I love what you said about listening to, um, sad country music songs, (laughs) um, because I just, it's, it's fresh for me because I just, uh, finished the, uh, George Jones, Tammy Wynette, um, mini series on Showtime and it's really good, but I mean, and you know, and his alcoholism was huge and hardcore and, you know, and he, um, he made all those songs while he was going, while he was drunk and going through all the hurt and the pain. So, you know, I'd like to say that, you know, he, he drank and went through it. So you don't have to anymore. Right. So, you know, he's kind of of an alcoholic savior in that way. Um, uh, although I know it doesn't work that way with alcoholic is still going to go through it. Um, but, but I know exactly what you mean about, you know, wallowing in it, um, uh, and drinking rather than, you know, yeah. taking action. And, and so good answer. Um, can you share your own experience with our listeners that may not have had the opportunity to, to experience treatment? Uh, you know, we were talking a little bit about that. We've both, both been through it. Um, and now you work in it, but, uh, there are a lot of people out here who, you know, uh, might be thinking about getting sober, um, may have, may have gotten sober, uh, on their own or through a program and didn't go to rehab and maybe thinking about it, but yeah. tell us a little bit about what your experience is maybe both on both sides. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, my, my experience, this is just my experience with it. Mm-hmm. So, I tried to get sober a lot of different ways. I I moved from Florida. I'm originally from New York City. I moved from Florida to New York. I switched jobs. I switched girlfriends. I um I went from Planet Fitness to LA Fitness because LA Fitness had a sauna and maybe I could maybe I could sweat out uh, the substances oh, I was using yeah. a little bit faster. <laughs> um, I've I've literally tried everything that I could possibly try. I've tried taking medications. I've tried not taking medications, and one thing uh, was uh, a common factor as I went through this scent. And I'm 34, and I started using daily when I was 17. So over this 17 year stint, there is one thing that um, made me realize that I needed outside help. I kept saying, I'm never going to do this again. 
<laughs> I put my hands up. I kept going. I'm never going to do this again. Sure. I kept doing it over and over and over and over again. And my mom kept crying and the, the consequences kept piling up. And I kept, I'm not going to do this again. And, uh, my my story is I started going to treatment and what changed when I actually went to treatment. So the reason why I needed treatment was when I'm in the midst of my cycle, when I'm in the midst yeah. of uh, addiction, um, I can't walk away from my substance uh, for the life of me. I, I've mm-hmm. tried and I proved it to myself. So I need that little bit of safe separation, if you will. I need to be in a safe place around loving people. Where you can't, where you can't access it and you don't have the the freedom to go get it. Right. Correct. And this time around, I I went to treatment. Yeah. I, you know, a lot, a lot of us do, but are we willing to admit it to ourselves? That that's a a big key there. Right. Because I've solved every problem that has ever come my way. Um, and it took me a long time to admit that I wasn't going to solve this problem on my own. It it took me a long time to admit that I needed help. So what changed this time around? Because I went to treatment uh, a lot of different times. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not here to say that uh, treatment is the solution or treatment is not the solution because people go to treatment a, a, a heck of a lot. And sometimes they say sober and sometimes they don't. Um, the difference has to come from you and yeah. from within. So I go to treatment for this last time. And the one thing that changed was me. Uh, I, I became open-minded. I was honest that if you don't have a problem, you don't need a solution. First and foremost, I became honest. I, I needed the outside help. Um, I, I started going against my old ideas. I was listening to people that have been where I've been and found a way out. And I was willing to put that action in and to even uh, backstep just a, a little bit. Sure. What caused the the sudden change in my mind was I was in a hotel room by myself. I was looking at my my substance, my substance of choice, and I did not want to use it. I did not want to use it no matter what. I, I sat there and I looked at it and I cried and I cried and I cried and I looked in the mm. mirror and I hated the person that I was. And for the first time in my the first time in my life, Everything that I had heard in these rooms and the first time I was court ordered into into a 12 step program was when I was 19. It was the first time all that stuff that these guys have been saying to me went from my head to my heart and Uh I broke down and (laughs) I I mean, like I logically knew the stuff, but I didn't believe it. I didn't believe I wasn't going to solve this problem by myself. So the, the treatment centers don't necessarily change. Um, it was me that changed and thank God I was around a a good group of guys. Um, and I'm going to say this as far as treatment goes. So Palm beach recovery centers where I worked. Yeah. Yeah. I'm an alumni there. I'm, I'm a success story. Um, I, I do my very best for the guys there because I've been in the exact same shoes. It's, uh, and, and And what's the setup there? How is it? What's the, um, how is it organized and what's the program? Yeah. So it's a 15 bed facility. There's three therapists for the 15 patients. So that's a five male ratio or or co-ed co-ed. But, Mm -hmm. but a male and a female aren't going to share the same room or anything like that. Speaking of the rooms, there's Netflix in every bedroom. There's TVs in every bedroom. Um, Two chefs cook every meal. We have chiropractors come in, acupuncturists come in, massage come in. 
Um, oh, I what, want to what go we back were, to rehab. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I, I go in there and I go, you guys have it really good, right? Yeah. Um, so all that stuff's great. And if, if you want to have a, a good experience when you go to treatment, all of that stuff's really great. But what really matters is the people that you're going to be around. The, the staff, other than a select few, like the doctors mm-hmm. um, and the nurses, they're, they're all in the same boat that the patients have been in at one point in their life. And it's extremely important. And it brings hope to know that people have been in the exact same shoes that you've been in and have found a way out. So what we really pride ourselves on there is that that love, that compassion, that understanding. Um, I've been. And is it twelve step? Is it twelve step based? So it's not technically twelve step based, but we do a lot of twelve step work there. Okay. (laughs) But are there? And and what? What are? What's the? um, The sober part of the program as far as the are there uh, group therapy sessions one-on-one um what what um what what's the program so uh a lot of what you said so we're going to be dual diagnosis so anybody okay. that's suffering with with anxiety or depression they are going to have the group therapies and you're also going to have one-on-one therapy um, throughout the course of the week, you meet with your therapist. So when you have three therapists for 15 people, there's no shortage of meeting with that time. Now, as far as what they're going to be treating, it's going to be based off of the individual person. I if see. somebody is specifically uh, dealing with a lot of trauma, then, then we're going to focus on trauma. If somebody's dealing with um, specifically mental health, we're going to focus on mental health. Um, but everybody, right? everybody is dealing with that same problem, which is I want to stop drinking or drugging drugging, and I can't. And what we focus on specifically is if you're drinking and drugging, you have to understand that the drinking and the drugging really isn't the problem. That's a solution to the real problem, which is you. And Mm -hmm. if you're subconsciously committing suicide by a drink or drug, then we need to find out why, like I said earlier, why your actions aren't aligning with your conscience so you can lay down at night and put your head on the pillow and be at peace because we're trying to find peace and serenity. And a lot of times it comes down to that that self-actualization, being the best person that you can be and what's stopping you from getting there. And then pinpointing, these are the specific things internally and externally that are stopping you from being that person. And if it's dual diagnosis, there might be medication involved. And if there's not, then there won't be. Great. Sounds like an amazing place. And I love the work that you're doing. And um, one last question, which you may have answered um, earlier, but I'll, I'll ask it again. What is the best lesson you've learned in sobriety and how did it help you? The, the best lesson that I've learned is and it, it may not be the same answer because now I'm on a, a new wavelength. Um, but that's that's a beautiful thing. And it's going to tie into this lesson. I'm going to be constantly growing, evolving, and changing. I have to stay a student of life. I, mm-hmm. I have to, no matter what, continue to strive for my ideals and be the best person that I could possibly be. Uh, awareness that I'm never going to be perfect. Awareness of when I'm I'm straying away from being that that ideal version of myself, so I can jump right back into it and uh, be as helpful as possible. 
Great. And that's a great way to end. Thank you so much, Andrew, for joining us on Sober Podcast today. How can our listeners get in touch with you um, or Palm Beach Recovery if they have any questions? They can go to palmbeachrecoverycenters.com. And right. I'm sure you guys are going to add a link and a phone number for me, Jamie. Thank you guys so much. We will do that. Yes. So be sure, <laughs> listeners, to to check um, our Sober Podcast site. And to all you listeners, thank you for your continued support. Visit us on www.soberpodcast.com and all places that you find major podcasts to leave us a review and sign up for our mailing list. You will also find detailed contact info in the show notes for our guest, Andrew Prasad. I'm your host, Jamie Brickhouse. You can find me um, on TikTok, Jamie underscore Brickhouse, where I tell a true story in high heels every day. I'm the author of Dangerous When Wet, a memoir of booze, sex, and my mother. You can find that um, on Amazon as an ebook and a an audiobook narrated by me. Signing out from the Sober Podcast, tune in for another show next week. Thank you for joining us for this episode of The Sober Podcast. We hope that you have found this episode helpful and look forward to you joining us next time. As we continue to grow and implement positive change, we hope that you'll share our podcast with your friends and loved ones. They can find us on all the major podcast directories. If you have an idea for the show, want to leave positive feedback, ideas, or comments, connect with us on thesoberpodcast.com. You can also reach us on our social media platform on The Soberverse. We'd love to hear from you. A special thanks to all those who make this show happen. Jamie Brickhouse, our host, Carrie, our producer, Carl Fessenden, our voice, and our sponsor, The Sober Network. Sober.